Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Belmont Banter. And today we've got a guest that you'll all know from Whitstable Town. And the strange thing is, his name's been mentioned lots and lots in the 50 or so podcasts that we've done. It's Jerry Allen. Hi, Jerry. How you doing, mate? Hi, Tony. How are you doing? All right. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Thankfully, this uh, COVID stuff looks as if we're maybe on the downward slope now, which will be great. And uh, we can all get out, yeah. and get out and watch some football again. Yeah, I can't wait. I've been, I've been a bit lucky because uh, I've been laid up. Anyway, I'm getting a, a new knee tomorrow, day after tomorrow. And uh, so I've been laid up and some of my friends aren't enjoying themselves, are they either? So we're all in the same boat. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh-huh. But then you've got, what, six weeks or so before you can get around a bit mobile again? It'll be around about that, yeah. I'm, I'm actually self-isolating up, up the north, up in Newcastle, by my, near my daughter, so... Uh, It'll be about another six weeks before I get back down to Earn Bay with some area. Let's start with your journey then. You know how this works. It's uh, it's your earliest football memory. And uh, when was that? How old were you? Oh, well, I played a, a heck of a lot of football from the age of about nine. Uh, you know, whether it was obviously with the school and then it was boys clubs. And then I played for the uh, for Northumberland County, things like that. And then uh, I think yeah, I was 17 and I, was, I went for trials at Stoke City. Uh, so that that was a good memory, and uh, how did that go? Yeah, well, it was interesting. It went really well. I uh, I went, uh, I had two trials with Stoke. I went for a week, and then I went for another two weeks back in the summer. I think it was about nineteen seventy two, and it was really good. I used to have Gordon Banks pick me up in the morning to go training, and George Easton. I used to go around his house for tea. It was uh, it was fantastic. And there's one story there about Gordon Banks. I, I, I very rarely tell it. I, I might have only told about two or three people in my life. He was coaching the youngsters at the time and he was at the very end of his career and he had just had a car, had his car crash. You know that, don't you? He had a car crash and that's how eventually he lost his eye. Well, we were training on the uh, on the Tuesday and I was just a young kid. I couldn't even head the ball anyway, but I went up for his, in a practice match against uh, Gordon Banks and I accidentally elbowed him in his bad eye and he had to go off uh, injured from that particular training session. And he had made a comeback. He'd played a couple of games, but he, he obviously wasn't right. He, you know, they, they give him the benefit of the doubt. Give him a, he had a couple of comeback games. And on the Saturday after I elbowed him accidentally in the eye, this is my recollection of it. I might have embellished it over the years, but it's certainly my recollection. And he actually announced his retirement uh, on the Saturday full-time from football. So it was, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. And it's, it's something that I've uh, I very rarely mentioned. I think I might have mentioned it to Dave McFall. He's about the only one. What a memory. But, yeah, we're good, we're good to, well, what happened then was uh, I was a little bit too old to be like, it was, I think you had to sign apprenticeship forms at the time, and I was a little bit too old. So they had to offer me, a, they let me go and offer me a full contract, and they offered me a full professional contract. And they were in the first division at the time, and uh, they had some great players playing for them, Jimmy Greenhoff and Jeff Hurst and George Easton, t- uh, Terry Conroy. They're all really good players. And... Uh, George Easton came round my house in Newcastle, in my little uh, council house, and uh, asked me dad if it was okay to sign a full t- F- year's contract, and my dad said no. He said that no? Was that. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I mean, he had, my dad mentioned it just before he died, because it had never been mentioned in the 30 years in between. 
and he said to me, um, I've, he's often wondered, wondered if he should have said yes. And I, I said, Dad, don't worry about it. It's never crossed my mind from that moment to this. And he was, it was true, it hadn't. I was so happy playing uh, football with my mates and playing for the, you know, the pub team and the, the, the college team. I was absolutely so happy with my life. It never crossed my mind. So I don't think I would have made it, would I really, with that attitude. But uh, I just always loved playing football. It never crossed my mind. I, I was pleased I had to chat with him just before he died. Oh, it was obviously on his mind. What a memory. What a memory. That's lovely. Um, yeah. after, after Stoke then, obviously there must have been a, you know, a bit of a down for you because <coughs> all those heroes, as you were, training with them. Um, where yeah. did you actually start to play next? Was it just Sunday football? No, I um, well, the, the, the good, nice little anecdote I have is I played for a team it was just a parks team and a recreation and it was and the, the team is now Dunstan Federation and they won the Vars in uh, 2012 I think it was so I, I, that was founded in 1975 and I was one of the founder members and I was one of the players but the beautiful thing about that was they won it when having progressed through all the leagues through all the pyramids and there was about five guys in that team who were on the committee from from the from the 1975 to 2012 now that's something you know when you talk about football committees. Yeah, you know I've gone back there from time to time, and all these friends of mine are still on the committee. One was a chairman, one's a fixture secretary. A couple of them run the bar, and it was a beautiful uh, situation to see them at Wembley. I think they beat West Auckland in the final. It was fantastic for me. It was, uh, yeah, it was really nice. Here I did. We've only been going five minutes, and you've nearly blown me away. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that is incredible. You, you, well, haven't also, told, you haven't told that story around the club, have you? Uh, all, all the close friends know that one, yeah. yeah. All my friends know. It. Oh, and then the, the, only other, the only other story from up north was I claimed I played for a, a club called Taolor. I only had a, a few games at the beginning of the season. I was dead young and very immature. Scored a few goals for Taolor, but then I left because there was a bit of travelling, etc. You know, I typically didn't want to travel. And I was only young. I wanted to play with my mates. And I was playing on the left wing. And... Uh, the player that played on the left wing of the next season was uh, Chris Waddle. He, he was the thing who played the following season on the left wing. He went for he was obviously on Newcastle's books, and what they do is they, they send out the youngsters to some of the decent, uh, you know, non-league team, give them a good grounding and uh, playing men's football sort of thing. And uh, he also played for Tyler, and that was uh, the year after I played. Goodness me! So, how did you end up coming down to South, as it were, then, or did you stay up north quite a while? Well, I came down to South at the age of 21, so I'd had about four, four or five seasons up in Newcastle, and that was, uh, that was great. Played for a few different teams. What happened with me was I, I went to college local, which was probably a mistake because all my best friends went off to university and college, and, and they come back after the three years. So what happened with me was when my, all my friends started coming back, I felt as if I needed to get away. And this particular, um, this particular summer, I, I was in America doing one of these American camps, Buna Camp. And you do is, is you spend three months in America and then you come back. And I didn't have a job at the time. I just finished college. I just qualified to be a teacher. I arrived back in Heathrow and it was a bit of a sliding doors moment. You know, when you, you know, when you, when a decision was made, I, I phoned my sister who lived in Whitstable because I was just heading back to Newcastle. And if she hadn't have picked up the phone, it's very unlikely that my picture would have panned out the way it did. But, but, but she uh, picked up the phone and says, come down for a couple of days. I says, oh, great, fantastic. So, Popped down to Whistler just for a couple of days. And the person I met in the pub that night in the Royal Naval Reserve, you've guessed it, haven't you? Dave. Dave McFall. The very first person in Whistler I met. 
and just and the second person I ever met in Whisper was Steve uh, Steve Selwood, and that was uh, in the betting shop, <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> so I've known Steve. I still know Steve very well. He's a good yeah, Whisper good. supporter. I thought it'd be nice to give him a mention. Oh, that's great. But the David Fall story was it's really interesting there uh, because he, you know, he was he was a very big part of my life, really. And uh, that particular night in the pub, he says, "Why don't you come training tomorrow night?" And I said, well, I've got nothing else to do. We might as well. Because the guy I was with thought, new David is chatting on plays a little bit of football. Come training tomorrow. He spoke to Bill Craig. Uh, can, yeah, could, of course, bring him along training. So I turned up training and uh, said, do you want to play Saturday? We've got an FA Vars game. And I said, yeah, why not? I, fancied, I really fancied that. So he only met me at a training session, played in the FA Vars, had a quite a good game, went back up north. And I just thought, well, because I finished college and I, I was looking to get away anyway, and I didn't have a job. And I was just messing about for two or three weeks. I thought, I'll just pop back down and whisper. I enjoyed it down there. Just for, and just try to plan my future out. Ended up finishing that season at Whitstall. And uh, I've been back and forth. I've been, I went back to Newcastle uh, a couple of years later for a year. Came back down again. So that was, that's how I got to Whitstall anyway. Dave McFall. Dave McFall. Wow. What a, what a story. And most people know Dave, and anybody involved in Whistler knows Dave before. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. I, Lovely I, guy. I've got a tale to tell you about Dave, but I, I won't tell it now. I'll tell it later on. As far <coughs> as your, um, your football career then, you said that you popped back to Newcastle and then came back to Whistler. When you went back yeah. home, did you play again with, with a local side? Yeah, I did. I played with, obviously, it's, it's, it's good standards of football up there. So if you've been to Kent League here, yeah, there's probably three or four equivalent leagues. Up, up in Newcastle quite easy and there's a, there's a big pool and I, I did it I, I didn't play when I went back the second time I was getting out and I was just enjoying playing with my mates and that and I played for a, a half decent team up there in a, in a, in a decent league and then I, but I spent about a year there and uh, I came back came back to live in London actually and, and it was Bruce Smith while I was living in London Bruce got me a little bit of work in London uh, I used to travel down uh, the weekends and that was all good fun it was all good fun Another lovely man, Bruce. What a character. No, fantastic. Yeah, I've got to go back a long way with Bruce. It was all good, yeah. It turned out that your association with Whitstable all came about because you walk in, walked into a pub and then the book. Yeah, 100%, yes. <laughs> is, is that yeah. a pattern that stayed pretty sound? <clears throat> um, no, no I, I don't do the bookies so much, but uh, I do like a drink. But, yeah. uh, I, 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 remember a, a, I will remember a night in, in Whitstable Carol, I was with my wife and we were walking through the town and there was a real raucous noise going on in the Naval Reserve. And we walked in the door and you were in there, Dave was in there, Nick was Hello. in there, Big Dave yeah. was in there. And honestly, we were only in, in there about five minutes. Carol said to me, do you mind if we go? <laughs> I said, no. That was a regular thing. Yeah. It was regular. I said, no, not at all. Yeah. She said, Oh my goodness me! She said it looks like they've been on it all day. I said they probably have, and it was a. You looked as if you're all up for a good night. It was Dave, Dave McFall, Big Dave, Nick, you. Uh, I don't know if Steve yeah. was there. He probably was. And oh, yeah. what a what what fun you were having! Yeah, no, it was good. We had we, yeah, we've, we've continued to do that uh, for the last few years as well. It's uh, it's all good fun. It is. Good. Yeah, boys, fellas used to come. If anybody's come into Whistler and didn't know it, you know, they would, they would look for Dave and they'd know where they'd find him. You know, pe people had played for Whistler over the years. They'd always know where to find Dave. And quite often he'd walk in and he'd be sitting there with somebody he hadn't seen for a few years. And yeah, he was like a focal point, wasn't he, for quite a while. So you must know the old landlord in there, Terry Lundon from London, little short guy. 
and his wife Jackie. Do you remember them? I don't remember right now because I, I thought I thought I knew every landlord in there from from Fred Rook and John Davis. So there must have that must have been a, can't have been in there that long because I no, I think he was only there about two years. Yeah, I must have, that must have been when I was elsewhere because I, I can't. Then then, moved, I thought I knew all the landlords in there, but I just don't know him. Yeah, I I did a stint in there helping out behind the bar, and I'd only been there with him about oh a month or two months maximum. And he said to me, well, you've really taken to this. I ended up having my own pub for eight years, but he said, you've really taken to this. He said, um, but I'm moving uh, next week. I said, oh, where to? And he went, what's the one in Beltinge? Beltinge, all right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, he went there, did he? Yeah, he went there and he spent about two or three years there, him and Jackie. Right, yeah. He was the character. Right. Mouthy yeah. Londoners, they both were. So you, you, <laughs> if you if you met them, you wouldn't you wouldn't forget. You wouldn't forget. Yeah, yeah. Good, good yeah. people though, good people. At the moment, we're at a time in your life where you're a little bit back and forth, back and forth. When was, did you yeah. actually sort of settle in? Because you ended ended eventually sort of ended up settling in Whitstable, didn't you? Well, sort sort of. I had a couple of years in Bromley when my daughter was born. I was, uh, and then I got a, a teaching job up in the Bromley area. And eventually, I, I, I used to commute after that. So the job, the job was a good job. So then I came down to her bit and uh, lived there for 11 years. And yeah, and then it was wits were back and forth. So yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I remember reading that book, um, the book, that, the, the big red book, the Whitsville Town book about, yes. 10, about 10 years ago. Yeah, Bernie Thompson. And I was sort of, yeah, and I was interested because I was able to look at and look at the 13 years that I'd been associated, associated with Whitstable. And uh, I worked out uh, from the age of 21 to 34, those 13 years, I had eight seasons at Whitsmouth, so I was back and forth. And I was back and forth for different reasons. Sometimes it was a job. Once once it was to go back up north, et cetera, et cetera. People accused me of uh, going for money, but that was never the case. <laughs> and I just wanted to make that. And I, and I played for the five teams I played for. I, sort of, I made a note of them. And uh, the five teams I played for in the, in the interim years were the, I played for Wembley, uh, Welland Gardens City, Sittenbourne, Erne Bay. And then I had that one season in Newcastle. So it was quite interesting going through the book and it sort of remember, uh, reminded me of, uh, you know, what, what my career did sort of thing. I thought, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I moved from Whitstable, then I went to Sittenborn, then I came back and then I did that and I did that. And it was really good that reading that book. I enjoyed reading it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a copy myself yeah, on, my, on my bed. Actually, I think I've got it. No, it's not here. It's upstairs. Yeah, it's it's a good little read. It really is. Because as you say, it's in chronological order, so it does take you through. Yeah, yeah. It, your was, particular it, was, period. it, sort of, it really helped me just map out what I'd done. Yeah. Was, uh... You mentioned Wembley, so that must have been a time when you were living in Bromley and a teacher. Yeah, we were just just before uh, when I moved the very when I moved back from Newcastle the second time, I moved to Harrow on the Hill with a couple of friends of mine, and just we were just tossed about. And that's when I was travelling uh, to do a little bit of paint and decorating with Bruce. And when I, uh, one of the times I left Wembley, uh, left Whitstable, it was because I was a bit too far to travel, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, I just turned up at Wembley this day and I, I didn't know a soul and I asked if I could do a bit of training for them. And again, I, uh, I was able to get, and it was a fairly good standard of football because I lived in Wilson. Actually, because I lived in Wilson, I went around to Wilson first and the manager, a guy called Alan Batsford, I think he's quite well known, told him my story. He says, I'll tell you what, he says, if, you're, if, you've, if you've played the football you have played, you probably won't be good enough for my first team, but you, you're too good. You'll be too good for my reserves because we we don't sort of mix the two teams. He says, "Why don't you just go around to Wembley, and that's a good standard of football. It's probably might be better than the Kent League or the same as the Kent League." And he was 100 percent right in his assessment of me. 
he thought, well, he's probably a half-decent player, but he's, he's not going to... I think it was a time when Stuart Pearce had just left to go to Forest, and Wilson were a top team. And I just, because I lived around the corner, I said, well, can I train? And his assessment of me was perfect, and uh, got into the Wembley team. I had a nice season there. It was good. We played against Wembley. I remember there was a... I mean, it, it is it is not not right near Wembley Stadium, but it's that area, isn't it? And it's, yeah, Vale Farm, yeah. It is a good side, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a really and nice season. That was good. How successful were you there with them? Uh, we, I just had the one season. We uh, we were sort of mid-table. I, I can't remember the name of the league. Now. It was a Ismian one or something. It wasn't, wasn't the Premier, but it was one below. The, it was still a good league. And I, finished, I think we finished ninth or tenth. It was, uh, it, it, was, it was different. I enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And then after that, I, I think I went to Welland Garden City. And that, wasn't quite, that was a South Midland League. And I, again, this was because of guys that I played with on a Sunday morning up in London. And come on, come to Welland. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Wasn't quite as good football, the standard, but we had a good team. So we, I think we finished runners-up and I had a wonderful season there. And I'm still in touch with all these people. We, what I did after that get, after the, that season, we uh, they decided to want to go on a football trip. So, we took, so I said, well, come up to Newcastle. We took the trip to Newcastle with Welland Garden City. And I've consequently done that with about, uh, I've done it for about 20 years with the players from the Rise and Sun. So there must be dozens and dozens and dozens of players from the Rise and Sun football group gone to one of my football trips uh, up to Newcastle every year. We did it for 20 years. And Welling Garden City used to go up there every year. And then we used to play the local team that I went up, that I used to play for, Dunstan Fed. So we had a little round robin football. This went on for years. And some people, some of the lads still go back up there to see my mates. It's, uh... I've got an affinity with the Riser because. Uh... My yeah. grandma, bless her soul, she lived on the corner in Harry Street, literally opposite right. the riser. So yeah. uh, when we were young, we used to spend a lot of time with my grandma. Uh, obviously, yeah. it was a time before you I'm talking about, but uh, yeah. we were we on a Saturday night there, you could hear the noise, or and more so on a Saturday <coughs> night than a Sunday. So they were in there having a bevy up before they went and played football on a Sunday morning. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, they were great. I think I'd... 15 years I drank in there. Tony Lambie was the landlord, the yeah. main landlord. In there. Uh, well, Nick Dealer was before him, a good friend of mine, Nick. Yeah, and then Tony Lambie. And they were fantastic times. We used to come down from London, spend my whole weekend in the Rising Sun. Never thought of going anywhere else for no. 15 years. No. And then played football for them. Fantastic times. We used to play football at Whistler. Used to say the lads come back to the pub. Tony got, did quite well out of us, bringing all the, the opposition round to his pub. And uh, they were really good times. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? And, and of course, that's, uh, that's the lifeblood of a, of a club, isn't it? When all the mates are all together. It's the, oh, crack. Yeah. It's the yeah. crack, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's fantastic. And what about your spell at Sittingbourne? How did that come about then? That also came about because I, it was, I think I'd left Whitstable. It was probably my job. I was up in London. And, uh, I, knew, I knew some of the Sittingbourne players in that an excellent team. Excellent team. We won the league, but I never felt as I, I never. I, it's one time in my life I just I lost a bit of confidence. Didn't think I was playing well. He really persevered with me. I played about eighteen games straight off the bat, but I never sort of felt fit and comfortable and confident. And I knew all the lads had most of them played for Whitswell, Andy Leach and Steve Wadhams and Peter Ambler, but I, no, I never felt uh, as if I played that well there. And I left around about the Christmas time. Again, it was normally to do with work. I was I was living in Covent Garden at the time and travelling out to Bromley for work. Uh, it's no excuse. I just didn't have a. Although I won the I won a, um, a Kent League one minute winners medal there, I uh, 
I didn't feel as if I, you know, it's not a particularly good memory. I just didn't have the confidence. I didn't sort of, I suppose it happened in some places. What ground were they playing in at the time? Was it the... Uh... Uh, yeah, it was the, the bull ground, yeah. Yeah, it was. Good line. The old bull ground. But we had a, fa- a fantastic team. Carl Larrow used to play and uh, yeah. Steve Kenz, all the Medway guys and Peter Rambland and these all Whitstable fellas. Wow, what a team. What a team. Yeah. It was good sight, yeah. Good sight. And then you mentioned another team as well after after sitting on it. Uh, well, I had a season at Herne Bay with, under Chris Weller. That was 1986. Yeah. I must have been 30 then. It was a good, I enjoyed it. It was a good season. Uh, it was the only time in my life I ever signed a contract on local football. I had a, so I had a contract there. I was 30. And that was... Um, I had a good season. I think I scored 16 goals. Uh, I petered, my form petered out towards the end of the season. It was... We finished about fourth or fifth in the league was a decent league. Uh, we, the, the, the expectations were probably a little bit higher. We had a guy called Dave Arda that scored 47 goals in 46 games and it was a, a hell of a good player. So we had a good side then. I've, and Neil Brown was the captain. and just the one season, because Chris left after that season anyway, and I don't think I would have stayed on. But so I had one full season at Herne Bay and then I went back to Herne Bay just at the very end of my career. After after sort of after I was a false in the Kennedy from about 34 the 37, I was just, I went to help Trevor. I ran, the, I ran his reserve team and I played a few first team games, Trevor Gowan. And that was okay. And I just ended up doing a little bit of management at Herne Bay when at the end of my career. Did the um, did two seasons at the reserves. That was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Then I helped Nick Denley for a season, in the, uh, two seasons in the uh, first team. That was about 2002, I think. That was great. We finished second. We should have won the league then. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Yeah. That thoroughly was- enjoyed it. It was a good, uh, a good side that was. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, they I'll have to good. get, I'll have to get Brownie on because uh, he, he's got some stories to tell. I'm sure. Uh, I've got some, I've got, I've got some stories about him to tell. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the England walking football captain. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is it. I mean, he's his career's still going, isn't it? Quite incredible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I need to get him on. It'll be a good chat. So you actually hung your boots up, did a spell of let's call it management because you were either the assistant manager or the coach. Was yeah, that, I was. Uh, was that a good? I time sort of. Yeah, as, as I say, I finished. I, I was. I was. I finished as a Kent League One player at about thirty-four. Played for three years as a sub and managed the reserves. Yeah. I don't know what, what the gap was. I, I finished. I, I still played for the Rising Sun until about forty-two. And then I hung my boots up. Uh, again, the last two or three years, I was just a sub and just playing 10 minutes and things like that. But at 42, that was it. So it must have been around about then that uh, Nick got me back involved in, in, in the first team setup. It was then, yeah. Yeah, I thought that would work out 42. Yeah. Well, on one of the interviews I've done, quite a recent one that's aired, Darren Amos makes a really, makes, pays you a really nice compliment. So at the time, it was when Whitstable had what we called the London boys down. So you had Sodji yeah. and, and yeah. Gordon and the rest of them. And yeah, all right, yeah. Darren was telling a story about uh, uh, pre-season training. And uh, he said, despite your age, now I don't know how old you were at the time, he said you were the fittest out of everybody there. Oh, I find that a bit hard to believe, mate. Well, yeah. <laughs> are you sure you've got the right person? Yes. Yeah. There'll be people. If people listen to this, uh, they won't be concurring with that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't one of my strengths, really. But uh, if it was, I, I think I would have maybe been a different player. But yeah, it might, very have, nice only been, it might have only been a five-minute burst that he saw. There. I think so. It could have only been, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Really funny. Your management career, as it were, at the end, 
was that something that you'd always aspired to or did you just fall into it because of the just fell into it i think i did uh i think i did three season managing the rising sun and then uh, i was right i was managing the, the reserve team and then at the same time as the rising sun yeah and so i was managing i was playing and i was managing the saturday team and the sunday team i did enjoy it and then when i eventually packed in her bay reserves i, I, I think i had a cup a year or two off and it was Nick that got me back in but uh, I did enjoy the manager in fact I applied for the uh, Whitstable job once I was asked to apply for it by Whitstable and it was the time that uh, Dougie and Simon got the job so All right. I think that was the one and only opportunity I must have blown the interview uh, oh dear yeah <laughs> just, I've just done an interview with Dougie as well and that's quite funny because uh, oh yeah I listened to his son's interview that was good yeah well it, it's really strange because Talk about father and son. I mean, Dougie yeah. was almost the same. He was Snowden, Whitstable, uh, Canterbury City. Yeah, he did the yeah. sort of like Robin, exactly the same as Lee did. Yeah, he was he was a manager at one of the teams up here for Whitstable. Dougie, with uh, can't remember. We think he was the assistant, and then he was my good good crack. I enjoyed it. Good company. Yeah, good lad. Good character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I, good fun, them did. Yeah. The Ocean Boys. Heard, yeah, I know. I'd heard him described by one of the players that played for him saying that he was firm but fair. Yeah. Firm. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I missed his actual playing days. It was I probably just got there just a bit too late to see his playing days, but uh, I can imagine. Yeah. He, he, yeah said he, he said he was in the hard school of hard knocks. One of the yeah. players that he played with when he was very young, as they <clears> go on to the uh, pitch, he used to go around kicking everyone in, on the leg. And he said, what's that all about? And he said, uh, well, I'm just letting you know what it's going to be like out there. Get out there and, and give what you get. It was like that, though, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Different, oh, different from the day. But, uh, not that I was a physical player, but I, enjoy, I did enjoy the physical games, but I wasn't a physical sort of player. But uh, I, did, I enjoyed getting kicked in some perverse sort of way. Many were playing quite well, yeah. if, if you were kicking you. <laughs> Let, let's finish off talking about um, the rising sun because the reason I want to focus on that is because it's purely a local a local setup. You know, very yeah. seldom were there any riser players that were from outside the immediate area. So they were either Herne Bay, Whitstable, um, oh, yeah. or the villages. I mean, to, from my memory, you know, from an outside point of view, I can hardly remember anybody that was associated with further afield. I mean, you didn't have ringers coming in, did you? It was all mates, really. Well, I, I, I used to bring ringers in. Uh, oh, you did? <laughs> I, did bring I remember, oh, I was funny, I remember uh, my best friend from Newcastle who sadly died and he really good football and I brought him as a ringer for a, um, a semi-final against Chislett and nobody knew him. And Chislett were really top side at the time and he was unknown. And uh, there's a few complaints of that, but I, for some reason he was, he was able to come down because he's doing a bit of work in down south and he Prior to that, I got him to play two or three games, so he's registered, etc. Oh, he was registered. Yeah, good. Was yeah, it good? I'm, not, it's not, I'm not proud, but I, I wasn't the first to bring the odd ringer down. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it, it happened, didn't it? With registration wasn't quite as instant and thorough oh, yeah. as it is now. It was one of those no, things. No. Find a bit of paper, and then it went off in the post, and all the rest of it. So yeah, it was all a bit yeah. different then. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they were good days, and the. Uh, and the rising sun. Good fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry, it's been great having you on. We're a little bit time sensitive on this thing, so uh, okay. Um, Is that half an hour already? Was it, it oh. virtually gone? It's flown by. 
it's incredible. Well, I said to him, let me just say one thing. My wife's standing around the corner. Just carry make on. Sure you make sure you mention that her, her dad and her, and her uncle and her granddad were in the Red Book. So they were quite well-known football. Uh, well, Ray came, her uncle was quite well-known. He played centre-half. Yeah. And there's pictures of him and her granddad and her dad in the book as well. So yeah, playing I, for the Whitstable A team. So. I mean, I'm a Whitstable boy. I know Ray Keane. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Ray, yeah. That's, uh, that's her uncle. I said I'd mention that to her, else I won't get any breakfast in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. The the local connections are still there, aren't they? Oh, of course they are, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I've had great, uh, great times. The best times I've ever had were at Whistleblow Town, eight years. So uh, thoroughly enjoyed them all. Well, the football was good. Yeah. We started that about five or six years ago, and I was managing the team, etc. And we went, we've ended up and we've won, um, we've won the British Championships. We've won the English Championships and the yeah. British Championship. Denley was playing. Yeah. Gilly, I mean, it was really good fun, and I was sort of manager. And uh, it was, Gilly made me laugh when he, when he about a year ago, he says, "That's it." He says, "I'm, I'm finished." I says, "Oh well, you've had a good run up. You're 67. That's not bad, is it?" He says, "No, no, no, no." He says, "I'm going back to playing 11 aside. I'm not playing this rubbish." He says, "I'm, I'm going back to playing 11 aside. 67 years of age, Gilly." Yeah, yeah. and I've just, I've just done an, um, a, a podcast with Gilly as well this week. It's going. I'm yeah, you did it this week. Yeah, I'm going to put it out on Thursday. But it's good yeah. fun. It was good fun. So, yeah, you'll enjoy that. You'll enjoy that. Yeah, it's a good lad, Gilly. Yeah, yeah. A good bunch. Your management career, if you like to call it your management career, finished on a real high then. Walking football. It did, yeah. yeah. Won the finished world. on a real high. Yeah, British manager of the British champions. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thanks again, right, buddy. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for giving me your right. time. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to... Uh, this fascinating interview. I mean, we've gone from Newcastle to, well, all over the place and back to Whitstall, Herne Bay, everywhere. Yeah. And it's Jerry Allen that's told the story. So from me here at Belmont uh, Banter and Jerry on the other end of a phone, it's uh, it's goodbye for now. And thank you very much. Okay. Everyone. Thoroughly Cheers. enjoyed it. Well done. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.